0: Is it ever all right for a priest to share about himself during a homily? And my response would be the response to many realities. Yes, with conditions. It wouldn't happen here because Father Brian and Father Luke are very humble, and they are excellent preachers, so there's no risk of having it happening here. But perhaps, regretfully, you've been in another parish... Where a priest will start talking, and you're thinking, surely there's a reason to why he's sharing this. Surely. And it turns out, nope, no reason at all. I can't believe he just made it all about himself. This is just mere vanity. So that's never acceptable. But under conditions, to be able to share about yourself as long as it has a very particular purpose, right? A choice anecdote for a very specific reason, to illustrate a point, right? Illustrating a principle of bringing down the abstract universal to the particular. Or to be able to build rapport, which I believe is important, Which is why I believe it is a worthwhile investment for me just to share a little bit about myself in an appropriate way for a specific purpose. Because full disclosure, I am here to love and serve you. Now for sure, I can love and serve you without knowing you personally or individually. But, I would argue, if you allow me to get to know you personally and individually... I can serve you very well and I can love you very well. And so my hope, my thinking is that by sharing a little bit about myself now and allowing you to get to know me just a little bit, perhaps you will then give me permission to get to know you personally and individually. So two things that I want to share. The first is a request, and the second, I want to dismantle a common misconception that the faithful have of priests in general. So the first is a request. Please offer me your honest feedback. So the key distinction here, I'm all about distinctions is constructive criticism not destructive criticism. What's the difference? Well, constructive criticism, it fulfills the criteria. It has to be coming from a place of love. It needs to be specific. And it's constructive in that way. I'm really good at receiving correction. I lived in a religious community for 16 years. I'm accustomed to receiving correction all the time, and I'm deeply, deeply grateful for it. Let me give you some examples. So one time, a woman, this was during my transitional diaconate year, which was more than 10 years ago. That might be hard to believe for some of you. I know I look like I'm 18, but I'm actually closer to 40. And this woman, I'm so grateful because she said, When you preach, your face is frightening. (laughs) And my response was, Thank you so much for letting me know. I had no idea. I was oblivious because I'm sure as you know, everyone else sees my face while I'm preaching, but I don't. So I want to apologize in advance that you need to deal with this. I don't. So I want to just simply know what everyone else wants to know, right? And I don't want to frighten people. I don't want to frighten little children. I love children, right? So I'm deeply grateful because I didn't know otherwise, had she not done that charitable act of communicating that, right, with charity and being specific, I would have been completely oblivious. So I've been working on that, right? You need to do the the cringe-worthy thing of sometimes when you're recorded, you know, that's one of the most painful things, having to listen to your own voice or watching yourself. But it's a really necessary thing because the whole world, the way I see it, everyone else knows about it. So I I might as well be up to date and be in touch with with what everyone else sees and already knows. So I'm deeply grateful. Let me give you another example. A brother priest who I lived with for a very long time, again, so charitable, he went out of his way to do this. And he says, Edward, you know when we eat together, you make really annoying noises with your mouth. So can you try to stop that? And I said, thank you so much for letting me know. I had no idea I was irritating you to that point. And I'm deeply grateful that you let me know because I would rather have you let me know rather than me being oblivious and eating with parishioners. And there's no way a parishioner is going to let you know about that, right? Maybe some would and they'd be really charitable. So I'm deeply grateful. So I know there's the risk of retaliation, right? But I guarantee you there is no risk with me. I am so good at receiving feedback. So I would invite you to do so charitably and to be specific. But even if you do so abrasively, I'll still take it because I'm really grateful just to know the information. So, any type of impressions or observations, because I'm all about growing, right? Living things grow. And the moment we stop growing psychologically, humanly, spiritually, emotionally, we die. We die spiritually. We die emotionally. We're stunted psychologically. I'm all about growth. I'm all about pursuing excellence. I'm all about pursuing excellence because when you're so far from excellence, there's a lot of room for growth. And also... I want to know what everyone else is thinking, like I mentioned. And I, wa- I love you so much, I want to protect you from gossip. So I'm going to give you the freedom to come directly to me and to offer your impressions to help me, to help me to grow, to help me to better love and serve you. And if that's still too difficult for you, I would invite you to keep it semi-anonymous. You know, it could be you... But just say, hey father, a woman says such and such. Or, hey father, a man says such and such. I won't, I won't even think. Because for me, I'm focusing on the feedback. Really, in many ways, it's irrelevant who's offering it. You know, because sometimes you might say, oh, because that's a competent person and someone I respect, I'm going to receive it. But this person annoys me, and so I'm not going to receive it. So in that sense, someone who's really about growth It's irrelevant to who is the one offering the feedback. So I'm all about it. I'm really, really good at receiving feedback. I'd be deeply appreciative if you were to do me that charity again, if nothing else, to help me to love and serve you better. A common misconception that I want to dismantle is a second thing, is very often the faithful... Believe that Father is what? Father is too busy. I want to firebomb this expression. Busy. Do you know what busy, what that stands for? It's an acronym. 16 years ago I was reminded of this. Busy. B-U-S-Y. Being under Satan's yoke. I made a resolution 16 years ago. That I would actually obliterate that from my vocabulary. I refuse to use that word. Because, you know, it's typical. Uh, People will approach you and, you know, they want to know, hey, Father, what do you have on tap for the rest of the day? Do you have a busy day? Nope. Never. Because ain't nobody want to be under Satan's yoke. I refuse. And because what's the connotation of busy? When you hear busy, it has the same connotation of if you're in the presence of someone, how would you feel right now if I whipped out my phone and I just started looking at my phone? Wouldn't you feel like, wow, he clearly doesn't want to be bothered. He doesn't want to engage in a relationship. It's one, of the, it's one of the rudest things that you could possibly do. I know people do it a lot. I think oftentimes people aren't aware. But you need to be aware of what message you're communicating through your actions. And so, if I were to say, yes, I am too busy, That what that communicates is, don't bother me. Well, you know what? Please bother us. Please bother us and inconvenience us. Because we are called to be radically available to you, right? As Father Luke has been saying at all of the masses, please bother us because he he was just ordained over a month ago. He says, I wasn't ordained to be in the rectory to be just not doing anything. So please, also we want to model and live for you accessibility and approachability, radical availability. Because it's not like when you address God the Father, you say like, hmm... God, Father, um, I've got a question. When you've got some time, can I can I ask you something? No, we we should be have we should have the boldness to be able to approach him twenty four seven. And I see this modeled and lived out. I spend significant time with couples and with families, heroic mothers and fathers, and they never say, uh, son or daughter, only interrupt me, please, when it's convenience. You know, that just doesn't happen, right? They're radically available. And so that's our deepest desire. So I am never, never too busy, right? Which is why a regular occurrence is someone who has a legitimate request who will approach me kind of hesitantly. And they say, Father, I know you're too busy, but... And I interrupt them right there. I say, I'm sorry, may I interrupt you just right there? Do I, do I actually give you the impression of being too busy? And up until now, whenever I get this, I hope they're being honest. And they say, well, no. And I said, okay, praise God. But if I ever have given you the impression of being busy, then I need to genuinely ask for your forgiveness. Because that is the last thing that I want to do. Because I'm all about being radically available. And so, if what father or what mother doesn't have enough time for his or her children, how can you not have time for your children? How can you not have time for your people? I have to tell you, what gives me life is relationship. It's not responding to email or doing administrative work. All of that stuff can be done later, right? But the person before me is the most important thing. And if you know anything about John Paul II and Mother Teresa... Right? Perhaps, I would argue, the two people who met the most people in the last century, Right? most well-known global figures, and yet they had this uncanny ability to zone in on the person before them. JP 2 you know, how many people are mad rushing him for, for his attention and, and for getting him to do various things? And everyone who would encounter JP2 or Mother Teresa, even if it were for half a minute, they would dial in, eye contact, and they would make you feel like you're the only important thing right now, the only important person in reality. And they would dial in, and even if it was half a minute and they'd go on, they would be totally present, attentive. They model that for us. That is my deepest desire. I have a long way to go, but I at least have a desire, right? In order to implement that and to live that out, you first need to at least have that desire. So I would invite you, in charity, to please be able to honor, uh, offer your honest feedback, which I value greatly. And please help me to be radically available and do not be hesitant in approaching And I want to let you know that I have been praying for you for over a year. Uh, Long before I discovered my assignment here at St. Michael's, I have been praying in my daily holy hours and the holy sacrifice of the mass for my future parish, future parishioners, for my future pastor. I had no idea I would have a fellow parochial vicar and Father Luke. I've known Father Brian since 2005, and I've known Father Luke for quite a while. I have utter esteem and admiration for both and also for the staff here. So I've been praying for you up until now and I will continue to pray for you and I will continue to unite myself in prayer and sacrifice for you, for your loved ones, for your tensions every single day.